0: Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ice Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangible Network. Check it out. TangibleNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2,
0: 1. On this week's episode, we're talking why DC is so interested in a Joker prequel. What Black Panther will do at the box office. Plus, is Cloverfield Paradox the wave of the future for bad filmmaking? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back for another sterling episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you for joining us today on on this awesome program we've got for you. We've got a lot to talk about in the realm of pop culture. And you know what? I've got a special surprise out there because I've got a great guest. One of our regulars is sitting in the chair for Mr. Josh Peterson because, I don't know, he may be... You know, digging for gold or i don't know you know looking for buried treasure i don't know what he's doing but he couldn't make it in today but out of the bullpen comes the man the myth the legend behind the fantasy football pater podcast it's tyler baker appreciate
2: you stepping in my friend hey your guess is as good as mine as to what exactly josh is doing who knows who knows but i'm so excited to be here love your show love being on it it's a pleasure my friend
0: Indeed. It is always great to have you on. The room just lightens up when you're ever a part of it, my friend. and The show just is all the better for it. But again, it's uh, great to have you here, and we've got yes, a great sir. show on hand today. Yes. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got Cloverfield Paradox, a Joker prequel. Rob McCallum is standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. He's going to talk about the aftermath of the Super Bowl And is it still wise for all these pop culture properties to still be advertising on it? Hmm. Plus, also as well, we've got Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. He's going to talk about the success of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And is there another New Japan success story on the horizon? But first, my friend, we're going to be talking some Black Panther because Mm -hmm. it is out this week. I am so excited. I've got my tickets right here for this Saturday night. And i am tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, great review scores all over the place. And in fact, it is the all-time superhero movie record holder for advanced pre-order sales. Wow. So I ask you, my friend, are you excited for Black Panther? And how do you think it's going to perform with audiences upcoming starting this weekend?
2: I'm very excited. And... Like you said, the reviews are all good. And I'm the type of guy, I watch, I go to like maybe one movie a month. I don't, it's just not, it's just not me to see a lot of movies. I'm definitely going to this one. The cast looks great. And I want to know about the Black Panther. I want to know his story. I want to know where he's coming from. Movies like Spider-Man and, and, and Superman, I already know those guys. I want I want to know who Black Panther is. So I'm super excited to go see this movie.
0: And you know I am as well. And I'll tell you what, it is just great to see this kind of diversity on the big screen. Marvel actually going ahead and you know, not only just not I don't even say taking a chance because this is something, this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It is no longer what you would even say a bold step. He has mm-hmm. performed very well in Captain America, the Civil mm-hmm. War, yes. and, and he's done a great job of a uh, carrying himself in the character so far as black panther and i'm talking about chadwick boseman Mm -hmm. the the supporting cast is just doing a tremendous tremendous job from what i hear and i'm just so excited to see about wakanda and learn about more about that area uh, of the marvel universe and Mm -hmm. i'm just excited and how this leads into infinity war because i'm all jazzed up Because this is going to be leading off a great year, hopefully, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A very definitive year for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that you have this movie, The Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp coming all this year Mm -hmm. back to back to back. So it's really, really important for this movie that it does well. And so far, the reviews have been nothing but very, very good very strong and i'm just so glad to see that it is performing well on a critical nature before it even comes out now i told you about how well it's doing pre-order wise Mm -hmm. Uh, i was checking the box office mojo you know records for the marvel cinematic universe and worldwide guardians of the galaxy volume 2 and also as well thor ragnarok two of the mainstays last year of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll put Spider-Man Homecoming a little bit to the side because it's like a Sony deal. Uh, So yeah, it's part of the MCU, but it's kind of not, but it kind of is. But Mm -hmm. just just, just focus on the Disney Marvel properties right now. They both made right around $850 million worldwide. Do you think, yes or no, that Black Panther, with all the hype and all the interest going into it, will still be able to garner that much income? Or do you think it might eh, fall a little bit short or
2: might even go higher to even being a billion-dollar movie? Wow. I would say yes. I, I think a billion dollars. And I think is is as long as it's a good movie, and we're hearing that it is, but I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It was a great movie. So uh, the studio is showing that they can create really good movies and this is something new fresh uh i think it's going to i think i think it's going to break records i think it's going to be huge well i I, i'm not going to say I, i differ from you on that because right now i will
0: say this iron man 3 and also as well captain america civil war although can you really consider captain america civil war a a solo outing when it really isn't
2: no, well, not, but,
0: at all. Uh, not at all. But Iron Man 3 is the leading singular Marvel Cinematic Universe title that's garnered over a billion dollars at this point. <laughs> uh, not Guardians of the Galaxy. Not If you take out Captain America Civil War, uh, not the Winter Soldier, not the Thors, not the Ant-Mans. None of them have garnered over a billion dollars if you don't include Civil War, but you also include Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. I think this has a very good chance of being close to that mark I think it will probably fall short just because of the fact that it is still a little bit too close to infinity war and I think by the time infinity war comes around it will probably uh, you know fade very quickly from theaters or at least yeah. qu- quickly at the box office because I think it needs to have legs real long legs to actually make it past that billion dollar mark so I see it getting to well past 700 million. I even see it actually matching at or near the 850 million mark that both Thor: Ragnarok and also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two garnered. But to Hmm. get farther than that, get 900, maybe. But I don't. I think it will fall just short of a billion dollars. But you know what? Even if it only garners six or seven hundred million,
2: that is a huge win. That's a huge
0: win. Absolutely, yeah.
2: And Marvel is showing that it's Marvel's making great movies. They're making really, really good movies and they're going to keep that momentum going. So I, you know, whether Black Panther does break records or not from what we're hearing so far, it's definitely continuing that momentum for Marvel. And it's a good thing.
0: Uh, That is indeed, and I'm just so happy that this movie is coming out. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm more interested than ever to find out more about this character. Yeah, Uh, i am got excited. As I said to the guys from The Voice from the Underground podcast the other day, I just got my Black Panther t-shirt. I'm Mm going to be rocking it comes uh, Saturday night when I go see the film. I hope everyone out there gets a chance to see this film because I really think it's going to do not only very well at the box office, But the social media and all that, the good word of mouth, I think it's going to spread real well for this movie. And I I definitely think it's going to be the movie to beat for in the many weeks in the future. And I'm just so happy for Marvel and all the actors and all the people involved for this film. Because I think it is a movie that is long overdue in the making and i think it will lead to more great things in the future we were talking uh again about with the vo- guys from the voice from the underground podcast about black adam with the rock coming at some point in time being another african-american that's going to be in the spotlight as far as a superhero movie is concerned but and then it all goes back to blade you know that was just mm-hmm. such a great mm-hmm. film in its own right and you saw the the sequels that spawned off of it i'm Kind of sad that he isn't part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point in time, but that's a different story altogether. But (laughs) I will say this, that that I'm so excited to see Mm -hmm. the Black Panther movie coming out this week with all the hype and all the good word. And I think this will help also as well films that don't have the traditional lead characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about movies like Wonder Woman 2 that will be coming out, also Captain Marvel. And also possibly even a Black Widow movie if it comes to fruition. I know I heard it's possibly being in development, and, and I'm just you know hopeful that will, will happen because I really love that character as well. But we'll have to wait and see. It is coming out this Friday. I know we're really excited for it. But any last thoughts, Tyler, on the upcoming hit? We think What's that is think? Black Panther.
2: <laughs> well, let me ask you. Can you recall a movie having this type of hype coming out? Cause, cause, cause I can't, cause I've heard nothing but good things about it. It seems to me that Marvel's really, really pushing this one. Like they want this to me to make a, a big splash. And I, can you recall a movie that, uh, that they've pushed this hard? Well, I will say this.
0: They've really done a great job marketing it. The trailers have, have really hit a note with all that's going on and and it's really become probably the best part about it is the trailers have, have really done a great job of selling the film in and of itself without exposing too much. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. This is probably one of the best sell jobs Marvel has ever done. Uh, it's probably one of the best sell jobs for a film in a long, long time outside of the Star Wars universe. So uh, it definitely is to me a really, really great film in the making and, and hopefully it will be a a very, very big hit with
2: audiences come
0: next week. So definitely excited to see that. I know you're excited as well. I'm very
2: excited. I am. I can't, I can't wait to see it. And I don't often, other than the Star Wars movies, because I grew up with Star Wars. It's, it's not very often that I see a trailer and I have to go see that movie. This one, I have to go see it.
0: You and I both, you and I both. And I tell you what, it's just going to be a great thing to see. And I hope everyone out there it does get the chance to see Black Panther and hopefully gets everything that they want from it. What are your thoughts on Black Panther? How do you think it will perform at the box office? Do you think it will match the success of Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Or do you think it will go beyond it or maybe below it as far as what it will do come next week the week after and whatnot or or do you think it will hit the magical numbers that disney and marvel needs it to make share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanity media game source and you know what fantasy football pater podcasts on facebook and twitter as well it's going to be a great podcast we have for you like i said we've got rob mccallum standing by in the cosmic crossfire He's going to be talking a little bit about the aftermath of the Super Bowl. We're going to be doing a little bit of a retrospective and talking about if Super Bowl time is still a great time to go and show off your pop culture projects. But first, we've got a great song from our good friend Chad and Hyperschmidt. This is about to win. And this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Waiting just to see the light.
1: When did this become a fight? Struggle just to fill my lungs with air. Staring at the finish line
2: The darkness running out of time I'll do what it takes to get you there
3: listening to the pop culture cosmos
2: hello marvel universe the earth station mcu podcast is your home for all things related to the marvel cinematic universe join our debrief as we discuss agents of shield agent carter upcoming and past favorite marvel movies cosplay comics history toys games interviews and all things mcu Whether you're a hero or a villain, a new viewer, or have been reading comics since you were a kid, there's something for you on Earth Station MCU.
0: and we're back i'll tell you what it's just great to have you back listening to us right here at the pop culture cosmos and the pcc multiverse my name is gerald glassford with pop culture cosmos and game source and of course it's that time again for another great edition of the cosmic crossfire and who else would be here with me he is the brand new daddy of rob mccallumfilms.com you got to check out all of his great stuff that's out there today including the kitty documentary coming up on march 30 you also got to check out backed and busted crowdfunding it's rob mccallum so pray tell rob what's on your mind when it comes to
3: pop culture well we had a lot of news hit us uh, recently and despite the birth of my daughter and despite us staying an extra day or so in the hospital Super Bowl Sunday can't be missed by anybody. You can't escape it. You go on Facebook. You go on Twitter. Uh, you talk to somebody in the hallway. It's a buzz. Uh, it is the thing that is happening, and it's not always about the game. And for most people in pop culture and entertainment, it hasn't been that way for a while. So I thought we should just talk about the the relevance of Super Bowl Sunday, and is it the same? you know, entity and event that it used to be. It's always been known for commercials and those over the top, lavish spots that feature celebrities. But what is the real value nowadays with the internet? And I noticed this year, a lot of the commercials were leaked ahead of time or, or showcased ahead of time to get a little bit extra press.
0: Yeah, I noticed a lot of people talking about that too. And, I, and when I was saying to Josh or somebody else, hey, did you check out that trailer? Did you see that commercial? Did you like the Doritos commercial? Did What about that Dodge Ram? commercial with you know with the controversy and all that a lot of the feedback i got was yeah it's uh, you know i already saw that on facebook or i already saw that on twitter and, and it just it by the time it aired it was kind of uh, passe and just really didn't have that same kind of impact which is a shame because there were still a hundred
3: million viewers watching the super bowl there's a lot of numbers for sure it's a lot of people it is it, television is still uh in easy accessible format In Canada, you can stream the Super Bowl if you have a cable provider. So say you're in a hospital and uh, your daughter is just born, but you want to check out the game and you've got free Wi-Fi, there's an easy way to do it if you have a cable package. Now, for cord cutters, there's obviously streaming options out there that people can find and hunt. And uh, failing that, you could go to your favorite uh, watering hole, I'm sure, and check out the big game on on a TV screen. I guess... What I'm thinking is I don't know that this event is the event that it is anymore. And there just seems to be more and more landmark or pillars in the calendar where people can piggyback big reveals. It used to always be Super Bowl Sunday as the big thing. Now I feel like it's, despite the viewing numbers, it it just doesn't feel like it has the impact because of the rise of the internet. And then I think you get other events like the Oscars, the Golden Globes, presidential addresses any kind of tv moment is almost uh, an easy way to parlay some other advertising to that what do you think well the
0: only two entities that i thought really took advantage of the super bowl and that really surprised audiences including myself one was obviously the solo teaser being announced that aired the solo trailer the next day that to me was a little bit surprising because you and i had spoken of if it wasn't going to be for the super bowl we thought for pretty much that maybe that solo itself was going to be delayed so the super bowl to me was going to be that last bastion of uh, possibility for it to be viewed upon as far as a chance for for a trailer to come out with a lot of eyes on it and they were kind of tricking how they did it so it wasn't exactly a full trailer but it was kind of a teaser but hey at least it surprised a lot of people that it was actually going to be able to go ahead and and still be on time still be shown uh as far as the next day the trailer concerned, and the actual movie still coming out on memorial day weekend the other thing was the cloverfield project which had been rumored to be moving over from uh, the actual theaters because it was actually even supposed to be originally supposed to come out this month in february then it got delayed and then paramount didn't want it then netflix bought into it and uh, just all of a sudden they just dropped that it's hey it's ready to go and it's already on netflix so that was to me was the two surprises but other than that there really wasn't much drama as far as it's concerned about any of the the uh, commercials or trailers that were shown because like you said, in most cases they were already
3: shown already on s- social media. But, but I agree because people are jumping the gun now. Like I, if I missed the, the big game in the past because I haven't had cable for a long time to be honest. Uh, I would usually spend the the morning coffee the day after on Monday checking out all all the commercials as they get archived on different sites and have some commentary and you know talk about it with my colleagues what worked what didn't work what was inspiring you know what can we learn and kind of go forward with what was some cool techniques what was funny uh, but this year because they got kind of stretched out over the week before and leading up it didn't feel as as special as it used to and. Now I feel like it's not Super Bowl Sunday; it's Super Bowl week, and everything is trying to piggyback off of that tandem to stretch it out and get more watered down. It's almost like what we see at the box office when the blockbuster season goes from May 25th to you know the end of July. Now it's really like uh, you know April or March, sometimes depending on when that first big blockbuster comes out and how many other slots get filled up. You, you could easily say May 1st now. Is at least the start of a blockbuster season, and there have been a few big hit heavy hitters in August. So to see the blockbuster season basically expand by two whole months is a really big deal, and that's a, over the course of twenty years. But still, to get enough you know multi-billion-dollar franchises come out in that window is uh, is no easy feat. So I feel like. Uh, for Super Bowl Sunday, the the importance uh, on the commercials is getting watered down because the technology is giving us more and more access. I get it from an advertisers' point of view because they want to make sure that their Doritos commercial or their car commercial is talked about, not necessarily in in tandem or in, in relation to the other ads that are out there, but it only gets the piece of the spotlight. But I don't know that that's best because when you get everybody watching it and you have the viewing numbers that the Super Bowl gets, you know, upwards of a hundred million people around the globe watching everybody's waiting for every commercial. They see something that they may have heard about on the internet, they're tuning out mentally already. Or they only watched it on, on their phone instead of on, you know, a giant TV that can make use of all those cinema dollars that they spent to have big name talent kind of showcase their product. I think they're, you know, uh, biting their hand off uh, a little too early. Expounding
0: on what you're talking about with the ever-expanding movie season you might also want to include in some occasions March and April because in the past couple years there's been really really big hits Fast and Furious I believe also as well Beauty and the Beast they both debuted in those in that March April time frame and look
3: at them they actually went over a billion dollars on both occasions and Logan's no exception to that either that was a March release as well and that was a lot of people's favorite film from last year and for that R-rated superhero take on Wolverine to really set the stage for, uh, you know, Heroes in Tights going forward, that was a pretty bold move. And I would consider, even though it's a small film, and, you know, kind of like a three-hander between Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, and, and of course, uh, who I forget the actress that plays X-23, but even though it's a small kind of cast and, and a, you know, outrun everybody kind of movie, it's a it's a big film and it represents a huge step forward in our rated picture in the X Men universe and
0: and also as well an Oscar nominated adapted screenplay uh, nomination for Logan as well that was I think one of the first if not the first superhero movie to actually garner that type of nomination I know obviously Heath Ledger was nominated for posthumously for his work in The Dark Knight but really it's one of those key uh, landmark situations for uh, a superhero movies to actually be uh, nominated or thought of in that manner.
3: Yeah, I, I think in the current days, but at which what I would say is like the 21st century movement, because I believe Richard Donner was nominated for Superman back in '78. Not 100 percent sure, but I believe he got a nod, and I think they got cinematography and other special effects things. You know, you can you'll really believe a man can fly and, and all that. But aside from like the original Superman, I mean, not even '89 Batman got. These kind of nods that we're starting to see now where we're really seeing a nice craftful approach uh, to what's going on. I started looking at what we we're talking about today and I'm realizing that the big common thread is Super Bowl Sunday and its relevance and its importance. So I thought we should spend just a few minutes talking about how it's changed, becoming a little watered down. It'll be interesting to see how it's approached next year to see uh, if it continues to do that and expand more. And if there's going to be more uh, calendar events tied that people are trying to piggyback and like create the next Super Bowl piggyback advertising window, if you will, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, as you can tell, this was a Super Bowl-themed uh, kind of look at everything that has happened. It's, it's a full-on f- fiesta buffet that we've already discussed. Indeed it was.
0: And I'll tell you what, if you want to add more stuff to what Rob and I talk about in the Cosmic Crossfire, you can send us an email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos.com. Game Source and Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter and Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and Rob McZob on Twitter and also his Backed or Busted Crowdfunding Facebook page. You want to check out all the great stuff he's doing there as well.
3: Yeah, thanks for all the plugs. RobMcCallumFilms.com. Check it all out today and uh, you know you'll get to see some awesome films about awesome people talking about awesome stories.
0: Awesome indeed to lay on to that. But Rob, as always, it's been a great pleasure. We just truly appreciate you being part of the Cosmic Crossfire.
3: Pew pew, crossfire! On March 30th, get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McGallum. Pre-order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple-pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from robmccallumfilms.com. robmccallumfilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Kitty Origins Evolutions drops March 30th, 2018. Hi, this is Josh from Ghost
2: Toasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos,
0: And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Just want to make sure that everyone knows out there how to get our great shows. Just got to make sure you check us out every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. Also, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network as well. But, of course, you can also catch us on... Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting Network. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, you can catch us on Gray Cloud Radio. And Mondays and Fridays, if the times are not right for you uh, for the Podcast Radio Network, we are on Croc Radio Station out of Canada. That's just great to have them aboard as well. And on Sundays, we're back to back with episodes on Good Talk Radio, part of the Cutting Edge Radio Network. And if you want to download our show, we're just on everything that's out there that you can get a podcast platform on, including Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podbean, the ESO Network, the Tangent Network, the Gun Geek Network as well. And among those are, are included in the over 20 different ways you can download our podcasts each and every week. And you, if you decide to download them, and subscribe to those channels hey we always throw in some bonus content just for listening this guy right here he's got a great show that's the fantasy football pater podcast tell us what's going on with your awesome podcast the fantasy football pater podcast and
2: all the great things that are upcoming for that show well we're gearing up for the next nfl season The next two months, I'm going to be, because I don't watch a lot of college football, I'm going to be uh, looking at some of the players that are going to be coming into the draft this year, going to... Just keep up with coaching changes in the NFL as coaches move around, schemes change, players' roles in those schemes change. So- coaches come back and forth to the Colts
0: and don't like to go to <laughs> don't want to go to the Colts and like to go back to the Patriots and whatnot. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking
2: about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, while football season is over and fantasy football is over, we're still uh, doing our homework and and keeping an eye on these things because going into the NFL season, where there when there are a lot of question marks, you really have to be up to date with what's going on so even though it's not the nfl season it's still football
0: well i will say this good luck trying to break down all those 50 quarterbacks that are going to be at the near or the top of the draft coming up because it seems like everybody wants one of those quarterbacks i'm not convinced any of them will be the magic elixir for those teams but hey you know, the Browns will keep throwing at it. And it reminds me of that old game that I used to have. It wasn't darts, but it was something like that where you hanged up like a, a little carpet on the door and you would throw the, these balls with Velcro oh, on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you throw them and eventually one would stick. So I'm assuming that's uh, the plan that, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns are going for. And I know the New York Giants and all those other teams that are looking for a quarterback. There's, there's plenty that's going to be available at the top of the market. And I know you're going to be looking at it real soon and looking at it in detail
2: there there are and we just saw Jimmy Garoppolo who's started all of six seven games in his career is now the highest paid player in the NFL that's the NFL free agent market right now if there's even a moderately talented quarterback they're going to throw a lot of money at him
0: and Uh, that that they will indeed Uh, it's good to be Kirk Cousins now I guess. Yep. Well, that's uh, definitely great to hear. And remember, check out the Fantasy Football Pater podcast if you want to get the leg up on your fantasy football draft and your fantasy football team. You keep in touch with it every week during the season. It's a great listen to indeed. Plus also as well, you know, Josh, he's not here, but he's not forgotten with Humanican Media. You got to check out all of his great podcasts, including – the Super B.S. Gamescast, What About This, Inside Sports and Ocalypse. You want to check it out today on his Humanity Media channels on YouTube, Podbean, and Apple Podcasts. So I'll tell you what, Tyler, I gave you a choice, man. <laughs> I, I said, you know what, look, we can talk about the retrospective of the trilogy known as the Fifty Shades Trilogy. And we would talk about its legacy now that the final one is out in theaters from a guy's perspective. And then I also gave you as far as a choice to go ahead with Cloverfield Paradox and mm-hmm. and how that's uh, faring on Netflix. I think we should have taken up the Fifty Shades <laughs> deal. Because I'll tell you what, um, Cloverfield Paradox uh-huh. appeared and and – and hit Netflix right after the announcement on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. People went crazy for it. They Surprised they hit everyone. It. Surprised everyone indeed. Everyone. But that leads me to my question. This, to me, in, as far as a marketing tool, was a tremendous way to promote that product. At one time, uh, for much of it, in fact, in, up until the last couple weeks, we thought it might be coming out as a feature film, but it never really stuck with Paramount, so that's why it got sold mm-hmm. to Netflix at the last mm-hmm. minute. Could this be as far as a, a maybe a a benchmark or possibly mm-hmm. even a weight for for other films that are not testing well mm-hmm. or don't look like that they're gonna perform very well at the box office to go ahead and it is this basically what I'm saying is is Netflix, Hulu, and all these other streaming platforms the place to go if you have a film that's gonna
2: suck? <laughs> well, uh, from what I'm reading about the Hollywood executives, they seem to think so. And it was a huge success. Now, you're not going to have the platform of a Super Bowl commercial for every movie that comes out on Netflix. So I think that the the, the Cloverfield paradox was a little bit of an exception in that respect. But what a great way! If you've got a film and like you said, it doesn't—it's not really fitting into what the studio wants. Dump it on Netflix. And- I'll tell you
0: right now, it probably didn't test well. It probably did not test well. It looks yeah. like it's—you it, know—I saw the movie as well last night. Okay, it—it it, it stinks. Uh, it really does stink, and uh, I'm just think that they were very, very smart as far as J.J. Abrams uh obviously seeing that this movie was not going to do very well with audiences mm-hmm. maybe it'd be like just a one week does okay but then after that pff, it tanks because of bad word of mouth mm-hmm. and i think that was a very very strong move by heading it into netflix without ever seeing the light of day in theaters
2: yeah and they've been sitting They they shot this movie in what 2016 so they've been yeah. they've been they've been sitting on it and uh, I. Read it's an been article. called three different things the yeah. god particle the god particle yeah yeah and you can kind of see some of that patchwork in the film in fact it's odd the entire film if you can make it make sense really all came down to almost in the background there was uh an interview with a guy and he was explaining about all the things that could go wrong and the rip in space time and it could affect past and present and all that stuff if you take that 30 seconds of that movie out and the, in my opinion the move the entire movie doesn't make sense <laughs> you know because it doesn't some of the things that happen in that movie like with the arm and and worms exploding out of this <laughs> guy, it just didn't make sense to me but i will say this even though I didn't, I didn't think it was great, and if like the timeline was really messed up with the other Cloverfield movies, all that I still enjoyed watching it. Even though it wasn't a great movie, I still, I still uh, was entertained by it. And see, that's a credit for for
0: Netflix because most people are more tolerant of bad films when they don't have to pop yeah, down ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, thirty dollars on it, and they can just yeah. go ahead and get a part of the Netflix programming. Like for instance, today I was. Torn, whether or not I should see Terminator Genesis, which is rated an extremely awful film and uh, but I haven't seen it because I've seen the entire Terminator series except mm-hmm. for that, but I haven't yet seen it but it was free on television so I'm thinking, maybe I should sit down and see it I did not want to pay a dime for it in the theaters so sure. this this leads me to believe that this is going to be the way for films that do not test or do not look like they're going to market themselves well And I know one film already off the top of my head that could have benefited from this, and that was Josh's pick for the worst film of last year and Dark Tower. If that film could have been going on Hulu or Netflix, I think that film would have been infinitely more successful than it it was because it would have gotten more word of mouth, more Mm -hmm. buzz from being on a streaming platform instead of failing at the box office like
2: it did well and you touched on something that i think is really important and that is if you're not expecting a lot so if we had been watching trailers for this Cleverfield movie for the last month and then went to the theater and dropped 10 15 bucks i think it would have been very disappointing but the way that it dropped like nobody knew it was coming it it was just all of a sudden there and of course the super bowl ads really helped people get on it and immediately watch it, they don't have expectations because they haven't been watching trailers for it. They didn't really have to come out of pocket. Uh, You know, Netflix is what, eight bucks a month? I have Netflix. I I don't think I know anybody that doesn't have Netflix. So that was really brilliant in that there was no expectations. There was nothing out of pocket. So even if the film wasn't great, it can still do what a film is supposed to do and entertain. And I think that they really touched on something. Um, Is it the wave of the future? I think it could be. What do you think, Gerald? That's a great way to dump a movie. Uh, It is a great way to dump a movie because now it
0: looks like it's going to be on the plus side because, uh, for instance, Bright. Bright came out last year with Will Will Smith at the very end. Uh, That movie looked like it's been really just raked by the critics Not very well as far as thought of as far as from a critical standpoint, but yet it is it garnered initially over 11 million views, which makes it a big success. And it even greenlit a sequel. Mm -hmm. And then you had the Adam Sandler movies on Netflix, which were really roasted over by critics and whatnot, but still have garnered numerous millions and millions of views that I think has made... Netflix extremely happy. And I think they even got him working on more projects, but then you saw him do something like pixels that went to the theater. It was a bomb. And, and my gosh, it's already out on TV the next day. Now you've got the Cloverfield paradox, a movie, which for look like for all intents and purposes, probably did not fare very well. Some execs, some the JJ Abrams or somebody at somewhere said, this movie is not going to work when it hits theaters. And have the foresight to go ahead at the last minute, veer it into streaming services, do that brilliant marketing plan oh, yeah. at the Super Bowl. And yeah. you know what? It has paid off in spades because I'm telling you what everyone was talking about it this past week. And whether yeah. or not it's going to continue, it doesn't really matter. Because you and I both know that it probably garnered millions and millions of views, probably way more than what it would have ever done at the box office. So. Uh, That being said, I think it was a home run and I think it does set the precedent for bad films going forward or films, not necessarily bad. Mm -hmm. Let's just say ones that look like on paper or look like after test screening that may not perform well at the box office that might make these film companies skittish. So you know what? We've got this new avenue for generating revenue for first run films Why don't we put it there and see what we can do with it? And I think that's just a great idea. I I salute everyone involved in making that decision for doing that. And I believe it does set the precedent for the future for films that look like on paper will not
2: perform at the box office. It it is kind of a patchwork movie that they (laughs) did did a lot of work on to try to make it a real viable movie. And with what they did with Netflix, I, I think it was absolutely brilliant. What are your thoughts on Cloverfield Paradox? Do you like it? Or are you like
0: me where you just thought it would just stunk up the joint? But but are you impressed like me that it actually the move that was made that it went to Netflix instead of really becoming a box office dud at theaters? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, game source, and Fantasy Football Pater podcast on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we've got Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. He's stopping by to talk a little bit about New Japan success. And is there another New Japan success story on the horizon? He's going to share his thoughts and a little bit more when we come back. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's awesome to to keep you here with us at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And I'll tell you what, it is always great to have him here. He is our aficionado when it comes to what's going on in the squared circle when it comes to professional wrestling. Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. You got to make sure you check out his show, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network also as well you got to catch it on the bda network and also apple Podcasts. subscribe to it today so you catch the latest episodes each and every week he's got a great show with a man who is tearing it up in ring of honor and that's going to be brian the kingpin malonis you got to listen to these two when they're together it's just an awesome treat indeed um my best to to brian i'm so happy to see him you know seeing that kind of success in ring of honor which leads me into my next question. Uh, you know, I've talked to you a, a little bit about the great things that New Japan Pro Wrestling has done over the past couple of years to make itself try and reach an outside audience outside of the Japanese market. And obviously they have done a pretty good job of that with shows in the U.S., shows in uh, overseas their their shirts with especially with the bullet club selling very well you know hot topic certainly has no problem with it i can assure you is there another group out there that can reach that kind of hot success that you know let's say the new japan pro wrestling has over the past couple of years and reach that cult success to not maybe let's say reach that level of the wwe that's asking for way too much but at least get a interest by the outside audience and be a surprise breakout over the next couple of years?
1: Uh, it's tough to say. I don't think there's anyone. I mean, the closest is New Japan. They've done a tremendous job these past years just gaining exposure and through word of mouth and through the fact that uh, they've brought in guys like Chris Jericho who. Uh, headli- was one of the headliners for Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, which is New Japan's biggest show of the year, and we thought it was a one-time thing, perhaps, but seems like uh, the, the day after, he uh, attacked uh, Naito, and it looks like that that's the next thing for Chris Jericho, so Chris Jericho seems to be sticking around New Japan, uh, and New Japan amazingly sold out a 5,000-seat arena in Long Beach, California in 20 minutes. Ring of Honor is, I mean, there's a a Sinclair Broadcasting owns Ring of Honor, and there is a deal that is, I mean, imminent of them purchasing. A number of, of high-quality television stations, and if Ring of Honor can get on those additional stations, that will put them in, I mean, just about every home in the United States. And that would be huge for Ring of Honor, and that would really increase their exposure. And, you know, there's always Impact Wrestling, Gerald. We always come back to it every time oh, we sit no. here and talk. Uh, <laughs> the, the rumors of their demise as always have been greatly exaggerated uh they got new people in charge they uh, there's a lot of turnover there we talked about ec3 leaving uh yes. rock spud recently de- debuted uh jeremy, jeremy Bar-
0: barash the voice of impact wrestling for you know 18 years as he is leaving
1: not only the voice of Impact Wrestling, but behind the scenes, just a driving force, just a very motivated guy. And to have him now moving over to WWE, uh, I mean, Don Callis and Scott Demore are the guys in charge of Impact Wrestling now. And they have said that they're making some changes. And I mean, it's boring out right now. It's bearing out right now that the fact that they are changing things up and who knows what could happen. They have a television presence. Uh, on Pop TV, I mean, not uh, a ton of people know where Pop TV is on their on their uh, cable dial, but uh,
0: they're they're I, averaging about three hundred thousand viewers, I believe, per episode. I think that's the number that that's been going by the past few weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's holding steady. It's not increasing. It's not really going down. But yeah, so I mean, New Japan is is at the top. If you want to pick one uh, that could. I mean I you can't say anyone's going to challenge WWE but someone who would step out from the pack and be an alternative I would say New Japan and if this deal goes through with uh Sinclair you could that could very well be uh something that really opens up some eyes and really gets some people uh focused on Ring of Honor going forward into 2018 here
0: Well, one thing I am happy for, like I said, is Brian Malone's kingpin. He has now – he now seems like he's a very stable part of Ring of Honor. If he gets uh, even higher up on the card, in fact, if he's even given a shot at the championship – I'm hoping you're referring, but uh, maybe as it may, I still think that uh, there are a lot of great things for Ring of Honor. Like you said, if they do secure those television stations, that could bring them into a higher light. And you're right. There is not a whole lot of choices out there for any organization that can reach that kind of success that New Japan has reached in the past couple of years that you know, it, when you the, the Bullet Club basically fell into their lap, and they've been able to go ahead and try and maximize it, and done a very good job in doing so. In fact, you see them out on the streets, and if you ask them, I'm not sure if those individuals might not even know what the Bullet Club means. They just know it's a you know hot t-shirt to wear and whatnot, or the Villain Club, or or any of the shirts that they're currently promoting. So it's definitely a great thing to see that new japan is is doing very well abroad outside of the japanese market but I, I i agree with you i don't think there is that one entity yet that might break out but if there's anyone it may be ring of honor impact yeah it, it's still the same old story with them and i don't think that's ever going to change and what did i say last time i think they were the cockroach of wrestling that you know <laughs> just even a nuclear war won't actually just you know Destroy them, and they'll just stay alive throughout. No matter no matter what you know, people throw out at them. So
1: <laughs> I do want to say uh, you mentioned uh, Kingpin Brian Malonus is part of Ring of Honor. As much as the hard time as I give him, I mean just the fact that he's been around for so long, and finally he's getting a regular spot with the national company. Uh, he's going all over the place to. TV tapings and you know getting on national television. He's part of a tag team with the Beer City Bruiser now, and they're backing up Silas Young, who's the television champion of ROH now. It's just great. I mean, it means that occasionally we don't have him on the wrestling podcast. about nothing, and we have to do without. But you know, it's it's what we have to do to uh, help out. And first and foremost, that's has been his dream since he's been a little kid to be a national tv star so wrestling podcast about nothing will survive and you know he'll always come back to us but uh I, i'm glad that he's got his spot with uh, ring of honor and he's doing great things and uh we're, we support him 100 percent.
0: we do here at pop culture cosmos indeed although i hope he's backstage just like prodding someone to say you know that's higher up and then say you know brian Malonus, ring of honor champion has a has a great <laughs> has, has a great ring to it doesn't it yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you know at least i'm hoping he's doing that you know it's always you know backstage politics and whatnot but again i'm here with mike crockett it is the wrestling podcast about nothing you want to check it out every tuesday night 10:30 p.m eastern 7:30 p.m pacific on the podcast radio network also as well the bda network and of course apple podcasts and so many other podcast outlets as well you cannot miss this show each and every week that's the wrestling podcast about nothing with Mike Crockett and, of course, the kingpin, Brian Malonus, Mike, as always, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show. You know, you're always welcome back, and I'm going to get you back on before, you know, the big day. You know, have they trademarked WrestleMania to the point where you can't say WrestleMania or advertising it yet? Like, like you know, that that super thing?
1: <laughs> the big event. Let's just say the big event, Gerald. Yes.
0: Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's It's April okay okay i just wanted to make sure you know that that big event in april you know starts with a w definitely going to get you on beforehand we're going to talk more about not only the wwe but the future going forward and of course everything going around that's important in the world of professional wrestling and as always mike you are the man when it comes to pro wrestling and i'm just so grateful to have you on once again
1: thanks a lot gerald just want to say really quickly we have a website. If you want uh, the big hub for everything wrestling podcast about nothing, it is the WPAN.com THG com. That is the hub. You can find uh, where we are. You can subscribe to us and all our various outlets and it's all right there in one place. The WPAN.com. Thank you very much, Gerald.
0: Well, I, I still want to see, you know, you holding up the ring of honor world championship for uh, Kingpin Brian Malone one day. And you're going to put it right on that side. I hope. Correct.
1: You're going to be waiting a long time to see that
0: (laughs) (laughs) show. Okay, fair enough. Once again, it is Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. you got to check out all of his great episodes today on the Podcast Radio Network, BDA Radio, and of course, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Mike, thanks so much again, as always, for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Thanks again for sticking around and enjoying the entire program. Want to thank real quick, Rob McCallum from robmccallumfilms.com and or Busted Crowdfunding. I want to thank him for joining me, as always, in the Cosmic Crossfire. Also, as well, Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. you got to check out his show Tuesday nights, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. Before we head on out... DC is now, looks like it's even going a little bit further into production in this Mm. prequel for the Joker, yeah. which we kind of passed off at one point in time. We were kind of like, you know, making fun of the DC schedule because it was all over the place with all these different projects and all these supposed things that were going to come on the screen. And Mm -hmm. what they weren't doing was trying to provide a good film at the time because, (laughs) you know, outside of Wonder Woman, I can't even count any – DC mm-hmm. films lately that have actually you know, really garnered yeah. well with audiences or sustained a, a nice profit outside of Wonder Woman, Justice League was a severe disappointment. In fact, it cost the the head of DC Films his job. So I ask you, this Joker prequel, produced by Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. directed by Todd Phillips of the Hangover movies, and also talked about with Joaquin Phoenix playing the role of the Joker himself. Seeing this combination does get me interested. Mm. Do you think it will be the magic elixir that DC needs to put
2: themselves back on the map as far as the superhero universe? I think on paper, absolutely. I mean, those are some heavy hitters. And I also read that they want to have uh, Joaquin Phoenix just for this movie and have Jay Leto back for the other um, um, Joker movies Um, that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, But man, I haven't seen Joaquin Phoenix in something in a while. And if I, when I think of the Joker and, and, and it being a prequel and how it's going to turn him into the Joker, I can't think of anybody I would rather see play that role. Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, that's on paper. This looks like it could be a big deal.
0: He is very, very good at, transforming himself mm-hmm. into the role as opposed to, and I've always said there's like two types of, of excellent actors. Mm-hmm. There's those actors who take a role and make the, uh, the role transform into them, like Jack Nicholson. Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson is Jack Nicholson pretty much in every role, <laughs> except yeah. for the roles transform into him. Yeah, And then you have those actors like Joaquin Phoenix, who actually like, are like a chameleon that actually blends into the role itself. Yeah. And becomes that character, and I could easily see him being an outstanding Joker, and someone that could provide an entertaining movie, even if it's done in a prequel fashion, which you know we've seen bits and pieces of before, mm-hmm. uh, as far as his origins, as far as uh, obviously dealing with uh, the father of of Bruce Wayne, and and dealing with the origins of Batman, and how that's intertwined. I'm, you know, obviously we're going to have to deal with that aspect as well, with with him as a small time criminal and all that. If people know that that comic book series, as far as how his his origins came to be, mm-hmm. so I ask you one last thing, Tyler, when we're talking about this, uh, with the looks like it's it's getting a little bit better in production. Looks like it's it's going to be coming to fruition at least at this point in time. Do you think? Of the DC projects that are out there, do you think this is the best option for DC outside of Wonder Woman Uh 2, the best option for DC going forward? Do you think this is better than Black Adam or Green Lantern or Aquaman or Justice League 2 or anything else that's out there? Or is there another d c movie outside of Wonder Woman Two that
2: you want to see put onto film? No, and I think that it really just comes down to them really making a push with this, but also like 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 you said, the brilliance of Joaquin Phoenix, I want to see him in that role. Phoenix is a guy that that can really portray things I think in a in a way that's very unique, and the Joker is a very unique character. It intrigues me far more than even even Wonder Woman 2. I, I thought Wonder Woman was a great movie, but I would say the Joker prequel, and once the ball gets rolling, I think it's going to create a lot of buzz. I think that this is going to be, it. at least has the potential to be a very good DC movie.
0: I agree with you. I think it is, outside of Wonder Woman 2, probably their best bet, and definitely think yeah. that this could be something that DC could hang its hat on sometime in
2: the near future i agree i agree absolutely
0: what are your thoughts on a joker prequel are you happy to see it coming to fruition are you excited share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanity media game source and fantasy football Pater podcast on facebook and twitter as well so for tyler baker this is gerald glassford It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
2: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.
0: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice
4: be heard. Tangentfoundnetwork.com
1: Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super BS. Super-
4: Hey everyone, Brank here. I recently had the opportunity of speaking with Rick Lagnisi, the US Community Manager of Warhorse Studios, about their forthcoming game, Kingdom Come Deliverance. It sounds like it's going to be amazing, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Cool. Hey everybody, it's Branky here. Um, I've had the pleasure today of talking to. Who am I talking with, actually? You are st-
5: uh, speaking with Rick Lagnisi, uh, the US Community Manager of Warhorse Studios.
4: Nice, man. Warhorse Studios. Uh, Rick, how long have you been working with Warhorse Studios?
5: Well, I've uh, let's see. I've been with Warhorse Studios now for almost uh, two years. I, I believe it was yeah two years ago in uh, in March, and then in May I became the U.S. community manager. Nice. How did yeah. you get in contact
4: with them? They're in the Czech Republic, yeah.
5: They are, and I am in the good old USA. Um, so let's see long story short um i was a fan of the game before um before even the you know the kickstarter and i saw dan Varvar, uh, our creative director um actually you know going to the actual locations uh in, in this one video that was uh, in the game and it really interested me that this game was being made without magic or dragons i've been like so wanting to play an rpg that's just you know sword shields you know bows and arrows and no messing around kind of thing and it's the one game my brother-in-law actually told me that year of going to uh, e3 where they were going to make their uh first appearance at e3 um that uh you know to check out that game so here i am all excited to check out kingdom come deliverance and then all of a sudden on twitter there was a post saying hey we need help setting up a party for our fans at e3 who's going to help And I'm like, man, I'm like going nuts on my phone, like me, 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 you know? And so they had um, said, okay. And we, you know, basically started talking. I started Skyping with uh, Toby, our PR manager, and JR, our marketing manager, uh, about this party to set up for, for the fans at E3. And I'm like freaking out, telling people I know. I'm like, I'm actually talking to these guys who are working on the game, a game that I've always wanted. To uh, you know that I've been waiting for, and then you know, come E3 comes around, and I meet Dan and Toby and Martin Klima and you know, big guys in the company. And uh, the party went really well. I hosted a party at a pub to show off the game, have some drinks. Well, uh, I guess I had uh, some waters, but everyone else had some drinks and uh, had a good time. You know, learning about Kingdom Come Deliverance, and just I just hit it off with Warhorse Studios, and uh, we just kept in touch. And over time, uh, you know, they they said they wanted me to be a part of War Horse Studios. And, of course, I, I didn't have to think twice about that one.
4: That's awesome. I actually didn't get to do a whole lot of digging. So this was a Kickstarter game? Yeah, actually,
5: um, I might as well give you the backgrounds. So, yeah. hmm. okay. What's interesting is that um, there's really never been a game ever made before based on uh, medieval Bohemia uh, in 1403. In this European history, what we have here is, you know, and, and I guess you could say more specifically, uh, Czech history. That's that's what uh, Bohemia is, modern day Czech Republic. And it's never been done before. And uh, Dan Varvra and Martin Klima, uh, Martin Klima, um, well, most people know Dan Varvra has experience or is the creative director for uh, Mafia One and Two. While Martin Klima, yeah, I mean, he 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 was like he was the author of the uh, the, the the pen and paper fantasy uh, RPG Dragon Slayer. Really? And, oh yeah. Yep. Yep. In '97. Wow. That's and, crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, he also worked on uh, what is it? UFO uh, Aftermath and um, uh, Operation Flashpoint. And what's interesting is when you when you talk about Kingdom Come Deliverance, and when these guys put their thoughts together. That's what this game is basically is when you put the early ma- the Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 together in Operation Flashpoint. You got the heavy, you know, story driven content with important choices you make with the realism of the, the you know, the shooting, the shooter of uh, Flashpoint, Operation Flashpoint. And so, you know, all good ideas in the Czech, uh, Czech Republic usually start in a pub <laughs> talk about the game. So um, it was, you know, the we just had like a prototype you know warhorse studios it was founded in 2011 but really by the time of the kickstarter we we just had like a or before the kickstarter we had a prototype and you know nobody really believed that we could make a game without magic or dragons we couldn't find any investors and really? then yeah i mean because again you know at that time you you know skyrim and these other great games are out and it's like how are we going to make a game that you know can have this you know, maybe certain similarities per se, but no magic, no dragons, make it on actual history. Um, and, and that was that was the theme of our, our Kickstarter was Dungeons and no dragons. So, um, But the the one investor said, listen, you know, we what we need to do is let, let's let's do like a prove it thing. Like, let's see, you know, our fans of the game that, you know, they'll get behind us and that this will be a game that we can make and go wholeheartedly into. Right. So. In 2014, we had just, you know, basically a prototype of our game, and our goal was around 300,000 euros. And and by the end of 2014, we were the third most successful Kickstarter that year, as we did over 1,100,000 euros. Wow. Yeah, so we were, like, locked and loaded, and that's when we really started working with our studio team of over, like, 100 and, well, now we have, like, around 110 people plus one. US me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the only person in the US
4: working on the game? Yeah,
5: I am. So I'm like a hybrid guy. I do a lot of community management, a lot of PR and you know, it's just exciting to see all this come together because this is the one game that my brother-in-law I, I wanted to see my brother-in-law and I wanted to, you know, see at E3 and now I'm working with these guys and I, you know, I get to manage the the Steam forums. Um, and you know, the, I, I love it cuz I I talk to uh the guys and gals all day long. I feel like these days on Steam and Reddit and I love writing, you know, even even the newsletters, just the announcements like, oh man, I can't wait to, you know, I'm typing this up. Like, man, these guys are gonna love this, you know. And um I love being able to travel to E3 and I've gone to GDC. I've gone to, you know, oh E3 to two or three times now with Warhorse and Gamescom two times. It's just been it's been amazing. And I you know went to PSX with Toby, our PR manager. And I went to PAX South uh, myself. Just love representing the game. Love the feedback we get, and I just—it's uh, just amazing. It's a, just a great experience overall. Talking about a game with a with a smaller studio for the size of the game we're making—that it's actually coming out in like less than two weeks, February thirteenth—and I'm just so happy and honored
4: to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it will be, it'll it'll be right here before I know it. How long, How long have, you have you been in the gaming industry before you joined Warhorse? So that's another
5: thing is this is, uh, you know, always the interesting part is I I really was like a, trying to do, like being like a wannabe journalist. I, I tried to have like a team of 10 people and just try and see what angles worked and had, you know, people write about different things. And I tried to, um, you know, lead a team. And uh, we just kind of got to a point where I didn't even have – I don't know. I, I had to take a step back because I'm like, man, I just don't see me being able to keep this going for a long period of time. And I just kind of stopped. And I and I and I and we weren't well known or anything. We were just getting our feet wet. So the that's bottom line funny. is I got really lucky. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. That went from like, like hey guys
4: okay. something to a dream come true job.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and you know what? I, I know that I'm very fortunate, and I I, can't, I just don't think I could ever take it for granted because I know people work really hard, you know, to try and have a job like this, and um, I, I I can never not but give my 110 percent every day that yeah, I'm for, more-
4: sure. for sure. And you're working really hard for it right now, man, with all your traveling. Um, so we actually have been dodging the name of it, man. Kingdom Come Deliverance coming out February 13th. We're all super excited. You've you've uh, explained a little bit about the premise. It's a game like fantasy RPG with no fantasy elements. It's a medieval, I should say, not fantasy, medieval yeah. RPG. I sorry, I should. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know exactly what you said earlier. It's not fantasy. It's a uh, dungeon, no dragons. What, yeah. um, like, who are the main characters in the game? And we know the setting now, Bohemia. But who are the main characters that the player is going to get to know?
5: Okay, yeah. So uh, being that, you know, it's it's an open world RPG, like we said, and it's it's based on, you know, uh, medieval Bohemia and it takes place in 1403. So you play as Henry, son of a blacksmith. So Henry is is the guy you play as. And there will be a lot that goes on with Henry. But what's interesting is Henry isn't going to be like some lord or, you know, like some king. He's going to be the humble son of a blacksmith who, you know, tries to, you know, become a soldier and get the respect from his captain and the, and the rest of the soldiers and so forth. So, but he will have many important decisions and things to do in the game. And he comes under the service of uh, Sir Ratzik Cobelia. And what's important uh, right here is if if you've seen the box cover art, it shows Henry with, uh, you know, kneeled with the sword, you know, he's sword facing in front of you, so to speak. He's, you know, bowing down, if you will. And this sword is something that was, um, again, son of a blacksmith, right? So it was the last thing that he made with his father for Sir of Kobelia. It was the last thing he made before his father and mother were, were murdered right in front of him. And because what happened in actual history, even though Henry himself is a fictional character, I mean, it is a video game after all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> um, King Sigismund of Hungary had invaded Bohemia in 1403 with a, merc- a mercenary raid called the Cumans. Okay. And the Cumans are a nomadic tribe. So they were actually, uh, once uh, came from Asia and were forced out by the Mongolians. And now they've been in Hungary for the past hundred years. So they've learned the language. They've learned the customs, of course. And they come over with King Sigismund to invade, like I said, Bohemia, and actually abduct King Sigismund's uh, own half-brother, who's king, Wenceslas IV. So he he took advantage of a situation because King Wenceslas was he he was he was uh, he was he was a, a bum. He he was called the the idol king. I mean, what most people don't realize is at this point in time in history, this is where the Holy Roman Empire was going on. I mean, the Pope was there to crown King Wenceslas, and he didn't even show up for his own coronation. He just was a man that liked to party and mess around. So King Sigismund saw this as an opportunity. And he abducts his own half brother, and he and, and they actually did invade your hometown, your homeland, which is Silver Scaleless, and burn it to the ground. And in the game, it shows that you know these events happened, and then your your parents were killed in front of you. And <clears throat> excuse me, as you um, barely escape. And I don't want to give away you know all the, the, the parts of the point story, but, <laughs> right? But you you a lot of this is actually seen in some of our trailers. So yeah. As, as Henry tries to go back and bury his parents, the sword is, is taken from him, this sword that he made with his father. So he's on a quest for vengeance. Henry's pissed. You know, he, he wants vengeance. He wants to get the sword back and restore honor uh, to his father. And so he comes under the service to Rastikobelia. And, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of interesting characters in the game, but that gives you the premise of, of what our game's
4: about. And, and I, I, you know, this is something that you kind of sparked my interest in. How much of it is based on actual history? I actually didn't realize it. I mean, I realized it wasn't fantasy, but I didn't realize the game was based on historical facts.
5: Well, you know what? So much so to the point where, like I was saying earlier, that even the, you know, the, the map's not necessarily a one to one ratio, you know, scale in the game. However, Uh, We have reconstructed castles, buildings, towns, cities, even the vegetation and trees, are from the Czech Republic, and how it once looked in Bohemia. I've actually, you know, I go and I visit the studio um, every year for a couple weeks for Gamescom, and I, you know, visit, you know, the team and all that, of course. And I've been to some of these sites. I've been to the Castle of Reti and other places that I was like, oh my goodness, of course it doesn't look like how it was back then, but we have a full-time historian, Joanna, that works on our team to make sure we keep everything, should I say, in check. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> nice okay, that, was, that was lame. <laughs> I, I, I try these plugs sometimes on podcasts. Either I get, like, people actually really do laugh or they're like, hey, 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 you yeah, know. <laughs> I, I
4: try. <laughs> I, 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 like I like it. I like the puns, man. I'm a big fan. So well, I want to get into the meat of the combat with you, man. Like, what is? what are the systems in this game? Like, the story is crazy interesting, and we could probably talk about that all day, but I know you have limited time. So I wanna know what is the player gonna be doing when they're playing this game?
5: Yeah, and and, you know, you said combat. Combat is just so important in the game. I mean, we put a ton of work and emphasis into the combat because I mean, we even had professional swordsmen and fencers that worked in our mocap studio to show the actual animations of how they swung the weapons and how you would attack and defend. Dan Varver himself put on armor just to test how it actually worked. And so what we use Uh, because you mentioned combat, I'll go there first, is we use a physical collision system. So what we do is we're actually calculating the amount of damage you do based on what weapon you have, what type of armor they're wearing or not, and how hard you actually hit them. So if you have a sword and you just barely hit them, and even if they don't have a lot of armor on but you barely hit them, you won't do as much damage as if you had greater impact, which means swords will cling off swords, literally. They're not going to go through each other. A sword will hit off shield and armor. You know, it, it's actually fantastic when you're in the middle of a battle, in a bigger battle. And, man, just you, you try to run in like Spartacus, but you can't, okay? Because we try to make the combat very realistic. And you'll get knocked around like a ping pong ball um, if you're trying to go and try and take out a bunch of guys because it's not going to happen. You, you're, you you can't just go in and take out, like, you know, taking out even, like, two or three guys at a time. Would You have to be – really super good and really pay attention because you're going to have to work with you know the people who are fighting with you or use some strategies but the thing is is um you know our game is a very story driven game so it's not necessarily a fighting game at the same token because you could go through most of this game without fighting um it's really up to you how you want to play the game because while there's only one ending it's up to you how you get there so just back to the history part is that yeah history will repeat itself. So you could actually look back in history to read ahead into the game, ironically as that sounds. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I would say this that when I say you can play the game the way you want, we have quests that some you have some of these quests where you can solve them four to five different ways and have even triggered different cutscenes based on the choices you make. You you could avoid a skirmish that maybe is like 10 to 20 guys going at it, right? And you, you could, I could be like, hey, man, dude, I, I just had this awesome skirmish. And it was like, I took out this game lord. And you're like, man, I actually, I talked my way out of it. And I didn't even have to have that happen. That's awesome. So you, you, there's a lot of choices you'll make in the game. And, you know, you can use combat for the majority of it. You can balance it out. And there's no classes either. So you you get to choose what you want to do for each mission
4: based on what, what, what you think is going to be the best outcome. So it is um... – you mentioned uh, like the gameplay, how you can choose any type of style. It is uh, an RPG, right? We talked about this earlier on. Um, it's how, definitely role playing game. How do you like level up? Like I, I saw the trailer. I think a lot of, hopefully, a lot of our listeners did the recent one that was uh, just, just like a couple weeks ago that was released or last week, and it was, it was amazing. And it was a 16 minute in depth trailer on all the stuff that you do in the game. And I, some of those systems sound insane to me, like how you level up and stuff, like how how much like they've improved upon previous systems maybe you know originally introduced in like Skyrim or the Elder Scrolls series um but in case I'm wrong like how do you like level up and get better and learn to charm your way out of uh fights
5: yeah great that's a fantastic question because our game involves a lot of role playing so <clears throat> what you use is what you level up in with if you want to you know Increase your fighting skills. Well, then you're going to want to fight, of course. Um, If you use, you know, there's even perks that you unlock too. So there's different perks based on what weapon you use or based on your, you know, persuasion skills, intimidation, um, impression, and your, you know, of course, the the speech skill. So it's really interesting because the more people you talk to, you can unlock more skills uh, for your speech, which unlock perks. For example, um, One of the things we showed off in in our some of our gameplay footage at Gamescom was that it's almost like a a chess game when you're talking to some people because you can choose if, again, like I was saying, if you want to use your speech skill or maybe you want to try and impress them with your speech skill. So, you know, if you're talking to a nobleman, you might want to wear the right clothes because you can have a high speech skill. But what good is it if you're not wearing the right clothes? Right. You need to fit in. or what if there's there's soldiers around, or maybe there's someone you want to intimidate. Well, you might want to be wearing some heavy armor. Maybe you want to wear some blood. or wear some blood. Maybe you want to have some bl- blood on your clothes and, or not clean it, because you can clean your clothes. So keep them dirty, keep them all, you know, ruffled up so you can intimidate somebody. But what's interesting is they have skills too. That's where the chess game comes in. And if you level up your speech skill enough, you might have a perk where you can actually unlock to see their skills to have a little bit of a head start. Oh, that's and- awesome. Yeah, and this is really a video game. As realistic as we make the combat, you can get these perks that will help give you advantages as well to make it more, you know, where we give you that challenging perspective and that fun perspective, and we put them both together, and it makes for some really intense combat. Not to mention the choices you make, because, again, you this game technically wouldn't be labeled as a fighting game because you get to play it how you want. So, you know... The, the the speech skill impression these skills work together and and keep in mind that this is a living world so these npcs have their own stats as i was saying as well so you got to pay attention to what's going on around you
4: yeah man that that just sounds like incredible all the same i, I can't wait for uh, two weeks from now um or a week when people listen to this um so how did do you know if the game changed along the way because development cycles i i feel like i remember hearing about this game quite a bit of time ago so i was wondering if you knew if it changed or Evolved in any way over the past like, four years, or I, I can't remember when it, you know, was started.
5: Yeah, I mean, we really went full force, with, you know, in our uh, with the succession of our Kickstarter into 2014, and the thing is, it really did evolve in a way because we had planned in the beginning um, three acts, and we the, the first game we were making it so big that the first two acts ended up becoming you know kingdom come our first game and so that's what's really exciting is like we've made a much bigger game than expected to the point of like the average person will put in like 50 hours and then if you want to be thorough you could definitely put in around 100 or more and it just evolved into this really big game with with rich content of history or if you're not into history it doesn't really matter either because you can just play it the way you want and and you know sometimes people get reminded of skyrim in that sense too. But, you know, it, it, otherwise we have really stuck true to what we've always wanted to do. Dan Varvra, uh, Martin Klima, Victor Boken, Thomas uh, that, you know, they, they wanted to, this game to be what, how they wanted it to be from the very beginning. So the, the integrity of the game has stayed the same.
4: Okay. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I just hear about so many games that go through drastic overhauls that I was curious. I was like, was Kingdom Come originally a submarine game? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. But yeah, no, no. Because no, <laughs> no, no, no. the Kickstarter, obviously, was uh, was was showing this way before. Um, that's great. I really didn't know it was a Kickstarter. I, I Normally, when, when games are, at, are mentioned in the news, they mention that they were previously successful Kickstarters. So that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, I love Kickstarter games for the most part. Um, so uh, how big is your team now? You did mention more than 100 people.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe estimated around 110.
4: Is it like the second biggest video game studio besides the Witcher team in all of check? Cause I can't imagine any other team that size besides them and maybe CD project.
5: Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm not even too sure, but I, you know, we, uh, all I know is we
4: make it happen with the team we got. Yeah, that's, we <laughs> I mean, it looks amazing. I mean, it looks like you guys make it happen. That's a, that's a good size team, especially for like, I mean, I know you could always you know, want more people to work on assets and work on things, but I, that's still 100 people is a good-sized team. I definitely think so. Um, so what do you think of the press so far given to Kingdom Come Deliverance, like the write-ups in Game Informer? Uh, I heard about you guys on Kotaku. I, it must have been at least three years ago. Maybe it was at the Kickstarter time, four years ago. But what do you guys think about the press, like the people that, things that people have been saying so far about the game in advance?
5: Yeah. So, you know, we've we've visited um, a lot of, you know, journalists and, you know, bigger companies, smaller companies. And the the thing that we, you know, care about the most is just obviously um, what we hear from the fans, what we do as a studio. And then with the press, it's like, you know what? We, we've we actually felt like we've gotten really good feedback. Um, I I really like it when someone mentions something about, like, even, for example, if they're saying, I don't know, something about, like, the length of the game or the history. And maybe they have, you know, concerns about, like, um, we'll say, like, the, the fun of the combat. I'm like, oh, wow they don't even know about the perks yet or like the leveling up and like, because, you know, we haven't shown like a ton of what the perks can do in the game. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I almost want to spill all the beans, but I don't want to ruin it, you know? And like, so the, but the feedback even for the press, man, it's been great. And like, I, I just, I really look forward to, you know, um, when, when, when people actually talk about this game, because we, we've put all our passion, our heart and soul into this. And you know what, more than anything else, um, we, we just we, we just hope that everyone enjoys it as much as we have enjoyed this journey. And we believe that's going to happen because we've already gotten such good feedback uh, and support from pretty much everyone we've talked to. And, you know, as far as, you know, there's, there's no such thing as, 100 let's, let's be honest here, there's no such thing as 100% um, perfection. But in our minds, we're putting 100,000% into this. And so we know that when we're, we're confident enough that we're, we're going to see a very good product and we're going to you know, see a lot of people happy about our game. Oh,
4: for sure. And I think it's definitely you guys chose a great time to release in February. It's, it's definitely the game that I'm waiting for in February, the biggest release I can think of by far. Um, and that's that's I mean, high praise considering there's a bunch of big franchises that are releasing their games in February as well. Um, but you guys, you did cho- choose a good time at the beginning of the year. This is when The Witcher 3 debuted and a bunch of other games, and it's a great time for people to sink into a really big open-world experience. Um, after the game's released, which is still going to be about a week out from when people start listening to this, what are, the, what are the future plans that you guys can discuss? Do you guys have any plans to port it to anything, maybe switch? Uh, you guys have updates, um, DLC? Anything that you guys can talk about? Well,
5: i I'll at least say this. I mean, we have we have a really... Uh, solid relationship, very solid relationship with Deep Silver because they're, they're our publisher. And so, you know, we together with Deep Silver will we'll talk about DLC and things after release. I mean, okay. uh, you know, people who, backers, people who found our game know that we are definitely going to have DLC.
4: Okay, um, cool. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to press you. I just wanted to check, like, see what you guys could say. No,
5: no um, I, I can just tell you that, you know, we're going to be supporting this game for a long time and and stay tuned.
4: Yeah, that's going to be awesome, man. Okay, right, So, before we stop talking about Kingdom Come, and I have just a few questions at the end, is there anything else you want to say about it? We'll also like, you know, mention the release and stuff at the end, but is there anything else that we didn't get a chance to talk about that has you like super excited that I was like, oh man, I just breezed over?
5: Well, boy, w- where to start um, or where to finish and try and keep it simple? You know, basically, with, with Kingdom Come deliverance, being able to choose how you play in an open and living world that responds to the choices you make, really makes you think about every move that you make. With our, because we, we have a crime system that's that's pretty in depth, and you need to pay attention. You know that that's one thing actually that I could just maybe even give you an example of something in the crime system because it's been coming up a little bit on some podcasts. So maybe if if, if you don't mind, I can just oh, say for something sure. I'd love it. to hear about it. Well, because uh, there was one kind of funny thing because you know we we've tested this, tested that, and. You know, when you're in these certain cities and towns or towns are close by, people talk in the game. All right. And you have a reputation with individuals or with merchants, with guards, soldiers, people in the town, you know, not just for the whole city, is, you know, here's your reputation for the city. So everyone's going to love you. No, some people might hate you. You know what I mean? And, but what's interesting is if, like, you go to a nobleman and you were to take, like, like steal his necklace or something, right? And then you go and you try and sell it somewhere and you try and go to another town. Well, if this other town, you know, then you go to like a merchant and and sees that you're trying to sell this necklace and they see it's from maybe from Reti or something and it's something of great value. And then they see you in like some really crummy clothes and they're like, where did you get this? This, you know, I, I recognize this. And then they get suspicious and they might call the guards on you. And you think you're free because you went to another town. Well, in this game, you, you, you're you not just gonna be able to, you know, think you can do something and get away with it, whether that's even murdering someone, kill someone, if, or, uh, you know, stealing something. Because even if you do get away with something, prices might go up in the shop. Uh, merchants might have a sword on them or some kind of weapon because they're suspicious. They, you know, they, maybe they didn't see you, but they know that something's going on. You might see more guards in the area, you know, the we've talked about with the combat, how you don't have to always resort to fighting. But also certain enemy camps, you can sometimes sneak in, poison their food, burn up their arrows, um, sabotage. and And there's just, it's just the funny aspect. While there is a, a one ending, there's going to be so many different stories to tell that you and I could probably have about 20 to 30 different stories playing the same game with one ending.
4: Yeah, the emerging so, gameplay aspects sound incredible. The idea where so much different stuff can happen to one or to two different people playing the game, that sounds like it could essentially almost be a different experience entirely. The, the
5: funny part of it is, is, you know, for people who like to be completionists and like to trigger every cutscene or every this or that, it's not going to be possible in a, one playthrough because you're going to have to make choices that you got to stick with. Yeah. And, you know, even the saving in the game, we – you know, you, you can't just, like, just save it. There's not going to be like a, okay, save, 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 save sec- 10 seconds. I will not save another 30 seconds. You know, it saves when you sleep. You're at an important part in the game. Or if you drink, shave your snobs. So if you drink. And you have to, you know, make sure you have that on hand.
4: So How, how plentiful are those, by the way? I was actually, I watched the video. I talked with a friend about it. And I, I am one of those terrible players who does save scum my way through a lot of things. <laughs> So I was, I'm, you know, obviously it doesn't need to be like every single minute you find a savior schnapps or you can purchase a million of them, but it would be nice to know, like, do you know if there's a decent amount of them in the game? So you're not like, oh, there's a camp, but I can't ever use this. Cause I only have four of these, you know, like a camp of bandits and I don't want to risk taking them
3: on.
5: I mean, I you know what? You, you can find your way around. I know that people will, will want to have guides of where the savior schnapps are, you know, it'll be kind of funny. And I think that you know, you you know, you you build up enough groschen, and you 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 know you'll be able to get.
4: Well, you'll see. You'll see. (laughs) Okay. 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 I won't pressure you on that. Well, then we'll we'll bring a little bit up about Kingdom Come at the end. But I want to ask you a couple questions. Um, like you know, 2017 was a crazy year for gaming. It sounds like you've been working on this stuff nonstop. But what's a, a favorite game of yours that you played recently?
5: Um, let's see here. It's a tough one because. You know, I, I didn't. I, I actually have uh, five children, and um, been married now for over 15 years. And my point with that is, I've only been able to play so many games, and there's still some that are on the back burner that I want to get to that might have been my, you know, favorite game of the year. So, with that said, uh, last last year, Dark Souls Three. I absolutely, I love Dark Souls. I I love dying, kind of. Yeah. You know, I love the challenge. Um, I played through Neo. Uh, just Neo beat was, that like a month great. ago. Yeah, and I gotta say though that the game that I just really enjoy playing and I've always loved him is Ghost Recon. I love Oh, you play Ghost Wildlands? Yeah, I love Wildlands. Um, matter of fact, I had the opportunity to go and hang out with the creative director for Ghost for Graw 1. And two, oh, really? he was the creative director for one of them. The other one, he was like a lead. And it was, yeah, it was an amazing, I was like, you realize that's like my favorite of all time, like Ghost Recon series. <laughs> so yeah, Wildlands. And then um, uh, I just started getting into Monster Hunter. But oh, really? That's great. I, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I really, I wouldn't like it if I was by myself though. I think it's a game you got to play with other people, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, What else? But I still have Horizon I need to play, Zero Dawn. I still need to play Uncharted. I haven't even gotten the Gears of War four. My goodness, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to keep up. I have The Witcher; I still got to play.
4: It's yeah. Well, I mean, that's we we have a couple guys on our our podcast that have families, and I, I'm married as well. It's hard to find time with family life, but I would say if you ever end up finding yourself with a Switch, definitely check out Breath of the Wild. That is uh, even if you're not a big Zelda fan or Nintendo fan, I think it might oh, be something that you'll that's do right
5: there. I've I've put in about 150 hours into Breath of the Wild. Okay. <laughs> Oh no, joke, man! I Zelda is overall my favorite series. Has to still be the Legend of Zelda. It
4: just has to be.
5: Um, yeah, 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 and we, you know, we got we. I play Mario Kart with the kids. We 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 have Mario the uh, Odyssey. The Odyssey, yeah, we beat that. So,
4: oh yeah. Well, it sounds like you got a decent. You you have a good uh, amount of games you got to play from twenty seventeen. You missed out on a few, but man, I mean, those Breath of the Wild, Ghost Recon, Neo. I mean. Those are some good games, man. So you got to at least get to play some of the greatest hits.
5: A- the absolutely. Oh, and Cuphead. We, my kids Oh, been, like,
4: that's amazing. Yep. Oh, man, you pretty much played our game of the year list last year, which was like Cuphead, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, yeah. and Hellblade. One of the guys on our group really loves it. So oh, I want to play that, that one too. I've heard yeah. it's amazing. Okay, so we got to talk a little bit about how you got in the game industry. But one of the things I love asking people that I get a chance to interview is, what's like a word of advice that you can give for anyone who's interested? They don't have to be interested in game development, but just somebody who's interested in getting into the games industry, whether it's on like community side or development side or, or any way that they can just be a part of it. Cause I know that's something that a lot of us love and would love to be a part
5: of. You know, honestly, and, and I have no problem saying this. I'm not your prototype for someone who, you know, should be in the gaming industry based on credentials. No, you know, sure. I have, I mean, I have um, done really well in you know other jobs that I've done. I've done especially in like regards to sales or management. And um, because of that, the skills that I've learned in life led to this moment. And if you want to make it in anything in life, you can't worry about what others think about you, meaning whether they think you're qualified or not. When you go in and do anything, you have to be 100% confident in yourself, because if you're even just 90% confident in yourself, it's not enough. You know, it's not a matter of ego. It's a matter of that you believe this is where you belong. And if if you believe that, then the, the company that you're interviewing for or trying to work for is going to have a good chance of believing it if you do. I mean, you know, you can have a, a degree, but you know something about a degree is it doesn't, that doesn't equate to experience necessarily. And yet at the same time, if you don't have experience, all I got to say, as it comes to drive, because I told you, I was in the right place at the right time. And I wasn't just a, I mean, I was a fan, but there's a lot of things in life that I use to work with this job. And I, I, I just like to be a very passionate person in general. So you need to, you need to be passionate. You need to have that motivation that you just can't, you can't give up. You. You got to, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but you you gotta really believe in yourself, and you, you just just never stop. I mean, anything in life. I can't say it enough because I I didn't have the all the not not to be insulting, but so called qualifications.
4: Well, I think it helps that you're a super affable and really nice guy, as well as self, self uh, well spoken. I was about to say self spoken, which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well spoken. Um, so I mean, that's. That's a huge sell. I think the company, once they met you, realized, like, hey, this is somebody that we want as part of our team and somebody who can relate to the U.S. audience. Because, I mean, you know, when I was talking to them, they're like, hey, we're 15 hours, at, you know, a different time zone. This is not going to be possible <laughs> to talk uh, to you. So.
5: You know what? They have a good knack for talent. The team has a great source of talent, and they even have some young guns that are new to the gaming industry. But we have a great group of people. And you know something? When you start to – you know, because whether we like the word or not, we all make judgments and you can make a judgment saying, you know what, this person believes in our, you have to believe in your product. And it's sad because I've, different industries are in, you can see when people are selling a product they don't believe in. Well, you know what? I obviously believed in the product and it's so much so where every time I present it to the press, the game, every time I show it to the fans, I am just like, I act just like I did when the first time I saw Kingdom Come Deliverance. When I listen to the music in the game, that's like um, – because we the music we use is, like, very rich and just medieval history, and we use a symphonic orchestra. And I listen to that, and you know, I just feel like I'm in the game, and it's just always that same intense, passionate feeling I have. So if you have that, you you, you know, you let the company know who you're working for, want to work for, the game, and just go for it. Talk to people. You have to get yourself out there, and you have to be diligent, because otherwise someone else is going to get it.
4: Oh, I totally, totally agree with you, man. And that actually brought me up to a question I, I didn't get a chance to, like, bring up. Who who did your guys' score? It sounds like it's going to be amazing.
5: Oh, well, we have um, Jan Valta and Adam Sporka, our music composers.
4: Oh, man. Excellent.
5: Yeah, they, I mean, they, even in, like, for example, the monastery inside the churches, um, you will even
4: hear Gregorian chant. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. so they, they did their homework. And, uh Made yeah, it worthwhile.
5: it's all about the immersion, baby.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm I can't wait, man. Uh, February thirteenth can't come soon enough. Um, yeah, man, is there anything else that you want to say? I'm well, we we're gonna plug this a little bit more before we close. But is there anything else that I didn't get you give you a chance to talk about?
5: You know what? I I just so appreciative of the fans. You know, I mean, as a community manager, you of course you know deal with a lot of interesting things that go on in in forums, right? I'll just put it that way. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm even thankful for people who just sometimes want to come in and say your game sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? The fact that they're on the forums, I don't believe that they just believe it sucks. Otherwise, I don't know if they really waste their time to jump in there. I just think a lot of times some people are just as passionate as me about the game and they're just mad because. They just want to see the best of it and they're worried that it's not going to be or something, you know, and 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 to them, I say, like, I, I think I'm thankful that even they're on our forums and I'm thankful to the fans that are listening because I know when you play this game, all these worries are, are you know, or these, you know, not that there's a lot of worries per se. I'm just saying any like doubts you had about this or that, like even my most favorite games, like the new—I um, know—I'm I, sorry, I go off on tangents. So no, no, no. I'd love to hear this. You know, even like the new God of War, for example. Yeah, it looks yeah. different, but you know what? It, it, you know, when you when you play that game, when you start to enjoy it, all these concerns you had because you're so passionate about the game start to just crumble. Because then you realize you're playing a video game that you've been waiting for for years, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're so close. I just feel like I feel like if I could just, you know like run right now or go through like some time warp to february 13th i'd probably do that i'd probably be there just you know what i'm saying and so yeah. you know i can't pitch a 100 percent perfect game but i can pitch this that you, you know the people have been waiting will not have to wait much longer and you're going to get your hands on it and you're going to feel like you're actually there in the game and you can play it the way you want and i can't wait to hear about all the stories and i thank you everyone for your support
4: yeah man, you know, man I, it's, it's going to be amazing. Amazing. amazing february 13th PS4, ps4 pc, PC, PC xbox, xbox one two. Is there anything that these people listening can do to help get the game more? I mean, it's already got a lot of visibility, but any like pre-ordering on Steam or following you guys on Twitter or Instagram? Or is there something that we as listeners, as fans can do to help the game out before it comes out?
5: Absolutely. And I got something for all you guys. Stay tuned because tomorrow, I'll just say it tomorrow, we're going to be going over an amazing contest and it's going to be about, you know, following our Twitter account you know, retweeting and saying something that you're most excited for for Kingdom Come Deliverance. I mean, obviously, preordering is a very big blessing to us for support. And, you know, just just keep uh, following what we're talking, our tweets on Twitter. You know, you can go to our website, KingdomComeRPG.com. We have updates for our backers, so you can go there and you'll see the backers updates and rewards. And just, just, just keep following us, man, because we're going to be coming out, we're pumping out stuff every day. Updates and stuff, it seems like. And uh, you're in for a treat tomorrow. Follow so, us on Twitter, Warhorse Studios.
4: And it, do you guys have an Instagram or not right now? No, we you know Facebook, yeah, uh, Facebook. Okay, Warhorse Studios Facebook, incomeRPG.com, dot com, um, Warhorse Studios Twitter. Man, I am excited. Uh, by the time they're listening, this this uh, sounds like this survey giveaway thing, whatever it's going to be, will be a little bit old. But we're still super excited. I, I can't wait, man. I, it's going to be amazing.
5: Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Even though, um, I mean, we're not going to even have a winner until
4: February 12th. So, okay. that- Well, then the listeners will hear this. If you're hearing this, go check it out. You got still some time. Uh, thank you so much, Rick. It's been super awesome. Rick easy. I you got your name, right? You got it. Thanks for having me. Oh man. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Have a safe flight. I appreciate it. We can't wait to play this game. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you guys for checking that out. If you wouldn't mind, please rate or review us on iTunes. Send us an email at superbscast at gmail.com or find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks again and talk to you all soon.
1: That uh, to us people that can feel things, it it, uh, it hurts.